You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Happy marching season, everybody. Jesse Gray. How's it going? Will Gibson. Hey, what's up, everybody? And special guest, Mitchell DeJong. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome. Well, today's special guest brought to you by Sim Lab Racing Sim Products. Sim Lab provides Sim Racing chassis to suit your Sim Racing needs. Check them out at sim-lab.eu. All right. Well, Mitchell, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, wanted to get to learn about you. Um, so let's jump right into it. When did you first get involved in iRacing and how did you hear about it the first time? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, for me, uh, well, I first heard about iRacing in, uh, 2011 in January. In fact, uh, I was 13 at the time. Um, I was running short course off road racing, kind of like the trucks that were just released out here. Um, and one of my friends actually from that series, uh, had just gotten into it. Um, and one day I was over at his house, gave it a little try and pretty much from then on, I was just instantly hooked. So, uh, within like a month I had, a, a steering wheel and pedals, had my own account and, uh, the rest is history. Okay. Very good. So let's talk about your hardware setup. You currently have, uh, what do you run in VR or monitors and then what wheel pedals and, uh, that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so I am on uh, monitors, so I have a triple screen setup, 1440p, 140 hertz, the, the real good stuff. And then um, for uh, uh, rig, I have an 8020 rig, um, the aluminum profile. Uh, and then uh, for steering wheel, I'm uh, on a direct drive, so the Bodner Sim Steering, the the V1, the old old one now. Um, and uh, for pedals, yeah. Uh, Husingveld uh, Ultimate Pedals, and um, yeah, so uh, good good Vidikit. <laughs> yeah, the Ultimates, man, those are the be- one of the best ones out there to get for sure. Uh, so let's talk about what you're running um, these days. I, you know, obviously you're running in the Porsche series, you know, going for the world championship there. Um, and we saw you earlier in the year in, in Rallycross, you know, ki- killing it over there. Uh, what else you got going on besides that? For right now, those are the main series for me. Um, yeah, like you said, we're doing the Porsche Esports Super Cup um, Rallycross, which will start in um, uh, first week of October now. Uh, so looking forward to that. And then uh, we have also uh, the VRSGT World Championship, so the endurance stuff. Um, so we got another race this weekend, actually, with that. So uh a lot of racing. Um, unfortunately, I don't get to run much official or league racing just because there's so much to test with these these big series. Um, but uh, yeah, that's main one main ones I stick to. I get to do some oval over now and then uh, when we had a uh, Martinsville uh, Martinsville week with uh, in, I think season two it was. Um, did a few races there, uh, and that was a lot of fun. So um, try to get in when I can, but um, pretty much those main three series what I I stick to. Okay. Now, looking at your career stats on the iRacing's page, uh, I always like to look at winning percentage overall. Your road is uh, 54%, oval 
21%. Dirt Road, 89%. I think that's the highest number I've ever seen. Uh, but, boy, that's that's pretty amazing uh, winning percentage for Dirt Road. I don't see any uh, Dirt Oval, so you haven't done that one yet, huh? Yeah, you know, I did, I think, uh, one or two races right when it first came out. But that was back when the license were still combined. So um, I need to do more of that. Hopefully in the off season, I'll get a little break this time, and then uh, I can can do some more races for fun. But uh, yeah, I like to be pretty diverse or as much as I can, um, as as much as time allows. So uh, I I really get a cookie out of all types of racing. So um, you know whether that be uh, oval and uh, being able to run some hosted sessions with the uh, the peak guys when they're uh, preparing or or whatever. I like to jump in so um cool to be in the position where i could uh get to practice with so many you know different people in different series so um really uh really cool thing yeah so you're with the coanda sim sport team and uh you know obviously they're involved in all kinds of racing what are you doing during the peak race are you just observing are you participating as a, a spotter or something like that yeah so um i spot for keegan uh Leahy in that uh try to try to do my best supporting and making sure feels good and uh just helping out where i can where he needs information um and uh yeah that's been a lot of fun uh honestly i've never really done spotting before until this year uh when it kind of came up last second to jump in and help out and uh it was a little uh nerve-wracking early in the season for me you know just learning it and really not wanting to mess anything up uh, but, uh, as it's gone on, it's, it's been, uh, super fun. It's, uh, it's really cool to work with the guys and, um, Keegan's a heck of a driver. So, um, you know, I don't know if you guys watched this last one, but, oh man, he was, uh, so close to getting another win. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a pretty thrilling one. Yeah. He's on fire. I mean, this, yeah, you're exactly right. I'm sure you're a part of that, so that's why I wanted to ask about it because um, Keegan is just tearing it up. Uh, and you're, you're probably getting a first-eye view of how, just how competitive that series is. Uh, take a moment and tell us about that. For sure. Um, you know, it's uh, with that new package, too, uh, it's extremely competitive. Uh, you know, I think you have to be really on point with um, not only setup, but your driving, too. You need to be really smart about picking lanes because um, it's it's almost a, like Talladega or Daytona um, where you need to be really clever with, you know, where you position yourself to make sure you're moving through the field and picking the right lane. So um, it's it's really cool to see, uh, at least from my perspective, because, you know, when you're driving, it's tough to see everything that's going on. Um, so as an outside third person perspective, I can see like, all the movement happening and um it's uh actually really handy I, I learn stuff every time too and um you know these guys are really on it there's no room for error so it's uh really cool to see uh and uh the races really are super dynamic uh with how close everyone is like anyone can win so it's uh it's a, a really cool thing to watch it has been a great season absolutely well let's switch gears let's talk road uh now you guys were in the F1 car, and and you we loved watching you race over there in that F1 car uh, for the World Championship on that uh, last year, and then all of a sudden you know Porsche arrives and and we're in Porsches, okay? So tell me about 
the day you found that out, was that a good day or a bad day for you? Well, I think everyone in the series would agree that it came out of left field. Um, we all kind of had it in our mind that we'd be getting like another downforce car, or some kind of open wheel winged car, you know. Um, but yeah, this kind of popped up and um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a completely different path, uh, how you drive the car and um, the type of racing. So uh, for me, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, no, didn't really know what to expect that first because the format is uh, really uh, interesting for, you know, being consistent. It's, it's really hard to do so, especially with the invert and all that. So um, it's been it's been very very tough uh definitely a little more uh unpredictable than f1 and anything like that before uh but uh i've enjoyed it um it's uh it's it's a cool deal and i think i can speak for everyone that it's really awesome to have uh, a manufacturer uh like porsche on on the series and and backing it like this it's a really cool thing to have for not only the drivers in it but the whole scene in general yeah Absolutely. You know, it sure brings uh, some prestige to it. Obviously, the prize money, that kind of thing. Uh, l let's talk about your finishes. Uh, I looked them up. Uh, I'm going to read them off here. You got second at Barber, uh, 35th Ohio, uh, fourth at Spa, second at Villeneuve, uh, second at Most Sport, 14th, 26th, and then third most recently. Yeah, it's it's been quite uh, an up and down season. We've we've always been kind of up there, but uh, like those big drops in in those finishes there, you know, you get a uh, some bad luck here and there. Um, the the second one in mid Ohio just um, got caught up in a wreck, uh, and then uh, the other two, um, yeah, just unlucky situations got a. Uh, uh, rolled over actually, which is kind of funny. Um, with a few laps to go, when we were sitting in third, um, or fourth, or something like that, and uh, yeah, you know those things happen. Um, we're still okay in points. We're still third, but uh, you know, it's uh, always want to get a little more out of it. Would have been cool to be fighting a little bit closer to to my teammate Josh in the lead, um, who's having an absolutely awesome season. So, uh, yeah, you know, we just um. Take it as we go, and um, I'll definitely take the other finishes because um, the finish pretty consistently uh, near the podium or on the podium is uh, I I actually didn't expect that to happen this year, so it's uh, been pretty cool. Yeah, and I must say that you know the, you were part of some great battles with Josh. I mean, you guys were side by side there on that one race forever, and uh, and putting on a, a whale of a show. And then I think finally you went off, I think, and he didn't. And so, you know, he got the better of you there. But, uh, boy, what a race. And that was a real memorable moment. For sure. Um, it's really cool to have, uh, you know, a few teammates, um, you know, especially we're talking about the Josh in, uh, situation there, like uh, where you can trust that they're going to give you just enough space and you can, like, actually race them hard and not worry that, you know, you're going to get pushed off track into a slowdown or or uh, be caught up in an incident. Um, you know, everyone is always looking for the little advantage. And um, as you've probably seen in the series, there's some really hard racing. So, um, you know, when we get to have a situation like that where we can push each other a bit is uh, really fun. Um, 
and I hope we can do more of that. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. And then season standings, you're sitting third, uh, 682, uh, Max uh, 716, and then Josh 803. Um, Josh is pretty far out there. So what is your goal here as you're going to the, towards the end of the season? Uh, yeah, so my main goal, I would say, or at least my mindset is, I would love to win a race before the season ends. Um, uh, we've been very close a couple times, um, but we haven't quite sealed it. So, uh, yeah, I think that's what we can hope for. Um, you know, if we, I, I don't think realistically we could, uh, get close enough to Josh. He's just, uh, he would have to have two really, really bad events. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want that to happen to him anyway. Um, and, uh, yeah, if we can, uh, get max, um, that would be really handy. Uh, would not complain about that. So, um, yeah, all I can do is just try to get some good finishes. I'd love to win and, um, yeah, we'll see where that ends us up. Yeah, absolutely. So you got Laguna Seca and then you got Monza. So, um, which one of those two are you putting your eye on or you, you think you're going to be good at both? Mm, it's going to be, uh, difficult for sure. Uh, Laguna is, uh, quite a technical track and there's not much room to pass. So, uh, qualifying is going to be important, but you don't want to qualify pole. You want to qualify eighth so you could start on pole, um, with the format. So, uh, you know, coming for that eighth spot. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll see where it takes us in the race. Um, just gonna make the most of it there. And then for Monza, uh, that's basically like Daytona for us. So um, a lot of passing is going to happen. Uh, heavy braking zone. So uh, a lot of chances to make moves on people. So um, need to pre need to be pretty, uh, you know, smart about uh, how I race there and uh, making sure I don't have any damage. So um, yeah, we'll see. We see where it ends it up. Ends us up. Okay, well, it's been a pleasure watching you guys uh, transition from the F1 cars to the Porsche cars, and uh, I was kind of wondering what kind of show it'd be, and you, I mean, it's really been a good race to watch, uh, and you know, I'm usually kind of yawn on road racing, but it has been fun, because it's so competitive. I mean, it, it, there's so many people that can win, which is a little different than it used to be enough with the F1 car, but there's just so many people that can win, you know, and, and there's uh, a lot of good drivers, you know, you got Sebastian Job and, uh, and, and Vassell and so forth. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, you can look at some of the qualifying sessions we had at uh, Canadian Tire. Uh, you know, I think it was 900 separated the top to uh 10 cars or something like that in qualifying which is wow. just i mean it's it's crazy for a road course um you know a little more understanding on on oval uh those are the kinds of gaps you see there i guess in qualifying but um yeah on road course it's insane so you really need to be on your toes uh it's like when you think you have a a pretty good lap um or just a a, a decent one you know, like, oh, man, if you lose out on those two tenths, that could be the difference between, um, you know, being in the top three or being 25th. So it's just uh, it's it's really tricky. So um, just you got to be really sharp in that series. OK, now, next up, uh, we threw it out on social media. Hey, you know, you're going to be on the show and we got some listeners with some questions. So I'm going to hit you with three quick ones here with some quick answers. Uh, first, we heard from at Mac underscore Joa. 
Hey, who is your favorite teammate? Oh boy. So Mac is actually my teammate for um uh uh GTE the endurance stuff that we'll be racing this weekend. So with that said, I think I know what he wants me to say. But I love all my teammates equally. They're all great, so <laughs> that's the that's, that's the a good, good answer. answer. Yes. <laughs> All right, next up was uh, at J-I-0-0-6-5-5-6-5-2. He said, how do you keep improving? Yeah, so that's the one that uh, I think we all want to know, me included. Um, you know, there's, uh, I, I don't think you're ever done improving. I think you'll always be learning something and, and, and getting better. So, uh, you know, just make sure you're analyzing everything you're doing. Um, understanding is... is uh, of what's going on in the race and what you're doing with your driving and what you need to be doing. Uh, that is uh, basically everything. So um, easier said than done. Um, so yeah, that's that's the, the hard answer, um, fortunately. Okay, I got it. And then the last one was at Oralia S1. He said, will you join the Rallycross I haven't seen you in a while. I'd love to. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's certainly been a while. Um, hopefully one day we'll get a, a ride back together. And um, yeah, I, I certainly would say no. <laughs> well, let's talk about the real world uh, racing. So we've been focused on iRacing, but you've been real world racing forever. You, like you said, you did the dirt trucks. You, you were in go-karts. You've mm -hmm. done uh, rally cross. So what else is on the horizon here for real world? Yeah, so right now, um, it's we're in that uh, phase after um, Global Rallycross had kind of gone away uh, that we had in in the U.S. Uh, back a couple years ago. Uh, kind of put everyone in a weird situation. So um, basically, these last few years, the plan has always been uh, Rallycross for me. Um, but since then, the change or the the mindset has almost changed into Maybe let's see if we can put something together for sports car racing. Um, so that's where we're at now. Maybe uh, th the goal is to be in, you know, say, IMSA or WEC one day. That would be pretty cool. So um, that's the goal. Uh, obviously, with this um, World's Fastest Gamer thing that just got announced, uh, you know, there's a pretty big prize in regards to that thing, too, um, with being able to, to win a ride for that. So uh, that's coming up in not too long. So um for me that's that's the main focus right now i'm gonna do the best i can for that and uh see if we can um get in there that way so that would be uh really cool yeah absolutely you know and maybe a sponsor can step up and help you uh make that happen imza it sounds like a great goal uh good place for you well um very good well we're so happy to have you on and talking about um what you're doing out there um now Tell the fans, how do they follow you on social media? Do you do a Twitch when you race or anything like that? Um, yeah, so uh, I'm on uh, I'm on Twitch. Dyoung24 uh, looks like Dijong. Uh, it's uh, it's pronounced weird, but um, yeah. So uh, Twitch.tv slash Dyoung24. That's my uh, thing. I always live stream all my World Championship races, so pretty much every Saturday. Uh, and then I'll continue to do that until um probably november i think that's when rallycross ends so uh yeah we'll always be there and then um on twitter and instagram on uh as mitchell the young one 
Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, one more quick one. Have you tried the Pro Four dirt truck yet, or? I have, and it is fantastic. <laughs> Are you pretty quick over there too? Uh, well, I haven't done any races yet. Uh, I haven't had just time. Some testing. Yeah, just um, just a bit of driving here and there, and um, I really love it. Actually, one of the tracks um, I used to race in real life too. So, um, I haven't done that in, oh shoot, had to have been like five years, maybe six. Uh, so it was like a a cool little throwback, you know, um, getting yeah, to drive on it memory. again. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's it's uh, it's so much fun, and it it feels really good. I race has done an awesome job with it. So as usual. Yeah, yeah, I've been having a blast with that truck, so I, I wanted to ask you about it. All right, well, let's jump into uh, races and news. Uh, but first, uh, iRacers Lounge is now sponsoring a uh, very prestigious league out there, the Podium Esports uh, League, and uh, we're a partner on their Oval Series. So uh, check them out. Um, it's a great league. There's a lot of good drivers over there. Let's talk about the peak race. Uh, man. Uh, so Keegan Leahy on the pole, uh, Chris Sheerburn was second, um, Logan Clampett was actually suspended due to Pocono incidents, remember they have to have a low amount of incidents and stuff, but uh, Davies leads early with Alfala, Bus uh, Busa, and Cattell up front, and I gotta stop for, right there and say, man, it's cool to see Alfala and his boys uh, running good for a change, uh, that's the first time, they, it seems like they hit on something. But, uh, yeah, they were, I think uh, Ray was actually leading at some point here. So, uh, But anyway, Ben Nelson had a nice save off lap 8 after getting shoved low. Uh, they single filed out by about lap 10. Uh, and then eight, lap 18, Cattell gets loose, uh, but saves it. And then they have a caution uh, where Novak gets spun by uh, Busa on the backstretch. Um, Alfala leads them off pit road. <clears throat> and then lap 30, another caution, Nichols doors Casey Kerwin. After Kane Cook gets into Nichols and team, uh, Cattell is the first car up pit road. It was nice to see Cattell in the mix as well in his pink car. It's an unmistakable paint job. Uh, both the flip side tactic cars did miss their boxes on the, on the stop. Lap 40, uh, there was a caution. Uh, the Beaver Esports drivers get into each other into turn three. And Nathan Lyon takes damage as well. Uh... <clears throat> Let's see, uh, moving ahead, um, green flag pit stops about lap 70. Keegan Leahy has a great lead. Um, when I, what I'd heard somebody say, I think it was Ray, like there was everybody was running and then Keegan was up ahead of everybody else. I mean, he was kind of uh, on his own out there. Mitchell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, they had a really good long run car and... Uh, it was a little scary early in the race because uh, wasn't very good early on in the run, so it was just like damage limitation, not to lose too many spots. Um, but eventually, finally got that long run and um, got to really show off what they had, and um, yeah, put us in a really good spot for uh, for pit stops. So um, just pretty much, uh, you know, ran it till you know they were gonna get us again, and. Um, hit late and then we had a big advantage for tires for the rest of the race so um it really worked out for us yeah and then uh it said here there was a caution where nicholas shelton gets spun by dylan duvall 
Cattell leads Leahy off pit road, even though Leahy has pit stall one. Uh, and then lap 98, uh, Cattell has blinking issues. Iracing gives him an EOL penalty from the lead. And I think that's the second time this year we've seen that where um, it's so bad they have to do something. Bubber for him. He was having a great run, too. Um, so anyway, uh, <clears throat> it also says here the broadcaster's Discord connection also sounds robot connection-ish. Uh, there were some sound issues, I guess. Uh, Lap 100, white flag. Keegan Leahy gets spun by a loose Chris Overland. Takes out half the field. The winner, Garrett Lowe. He holds off Overland and Reynolds, uh, Vincent and Alfala. Um, boy, it was. I saw the end of this race. It was right after I got off work. And, man, that was a great last lap. I mean, it was just a classic NASCAR uh you know, all, none of these guys have had the, their first win yet, and they're all just really hungry and going for it. And you could tell they were racing their ass off. It was just fun to watch. But uh, tough break for Keegan after, you know, the way he ran on that long green run and whatnot. That was probably one of the more exciting. I mean, they've all been exciting all year, but the block that Garrett Lowe put on down that back stretch was just ridiculous. I almost... It almost reminded me of the block um, Joey Logano made on Carl Edwards, I think it was, what, 2016 at Homestead? I mean, just all the way down. I'm surprised they didn't make contact. And, uh, I mean, I felt bad for uh, Keegan, but things happened so fast. That was a very action-packed last lap. And I really thought, um, gosh, I'm spacing on his name right now, uh, um, Alfala's teammate with the Wood Brothers. I really thought he had a good enough run to get past both of them. Um, but that was just a great show, and I hope there was no uh, repercussions for that block because I mean it was a crazy block, but that was a show. I mean That's, NASCAR yeah, would kill. Yeah, NASCAR would kill for a finish that good on there on Sunday. That was amazing. I don't know. It was a Blake Reynolds that ran down even club below the line um, to try to win that race. Yeah, I was... were... Sorry, Jesse, you could go. Oh, I was just going to say, I was impressed when I seen the, the block. I mean, I seen that coming, but when I was thinking of just personal experience, trying to get that thing back, transitioning back off the apron, back on the track, and then throwing, you're turning right back on the track and then whipping it back down for the apex. Like, I'm shocked he kept it under him. Yeah, I mean, they were almost to the grass at the end of the back straightaway there going into turn three. It was, I was like, there's no way they're making this turn, but they were still able to get out of it and put on a show. So if a big track's giving us action uh, next week at Bristol should be, well, two weeks from now, should be really exciting as it's the last race to get into the playoffs. Yeah, and then there's uh, the cut line uh, and the people that have clinched. So it's Luza, Lowe, and Reynolds have clinched into the playoffs. And then above the cut line, Zelensky, Leahy, Conti, Mullis, Novak, and below the cut line, Ottinger, Kerwin, and Christian Chaloner. And everybody else has been knocked out. Yep. It was a good race. Um, yeah, Bristol, this will be the first time I'm in Bristol, I think, for the Peak guys in a long time, if not ever. You got any uh, good plans there for spotting Mitchell? Well, uh, we haven't really discussed anything yet. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure that they've started working on it yet. And, um, yeah, we'll see. Honestly, I'm, I'm probably the most nervous out of all of them because I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, I think it's just going to be wild, so uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's such a small track. I mean, when you're spotting, you're sitting up, what, uh, above 
how high and you could probably see most of the track right exactly i mostly have a, a camera in a position so that i can tell keegan if there's gonna be a wreck up ahead just uh let him know ahead of time and i guess it's gonna be pretty important there <laughs> yeah and then which way to go high low yeah you know i i'm always in a dilemma about that uh if it's pretty clear that you know a wreck's happening and they're staying to one side i'm like okay they're they're going here go low or whatever um it may be uh but if it's just like carnage i try not to say anything like of a direction because i don't want to mess them up <laughs> right yeah and let him figure it out yeah because it is a self-cleaning track because of the banking so okay well let's jump to the next one uh world of outlaws knoxville will yeah, so we had, uh, I believe, our seventh race and seventh different winner. They ran at Knoxville. I know this is the week of the Knoxville Nationals for the uh, sprint car guys, but the late models ran here on iRacing. Um, Team VLR's uh, Evan C. Um, beat out uh, Kendall Tucker from S Swindell Speed Labs to pick up the win Monday night. Um, it was a really good race to watch. Howard Weaver and Alex Bergeron uh, led them to green. Weaver put on a... A fast lap in qualifying and one is heat so it's been the best showing he's had all year um since his second last year in points um but they kind of quickly fell back uh there was um some contact though between bergeron and uh, shoot, space not here uh kendall tucker on what i believe what was the final restart with um about 14 laps to go it looks like he uh went for a slider into one and tucker did not go to the high side. He kind of ran the middle through the slick. I don't think Bergeron was expecting it. Um, Bergeron checked up. Kendall lost a little time, did not lose the lead. And uh, Evan Say, he got by him. Unfortunately, they did not get that in the broadcast, the, the pass for the lead. Um, but it looks like Kendall's car was just getting a little loose there. But it was a, there was just good racing all over the track, so I can't really blame them too much. Um, now, I just want to say I did watch this... Um, I didn't watch the broadcast live. I usually can't with work, but so I went back and rewatched it. And there was some technical difficulties early on. It looked like uh, Randy Chenoweth. He, uh, I don't know if his mic broke or what, but it was basically. I believe his name is Chase Rodman. I'm I'm bad at those guys' name, but he was by himself for all the heats in the B main, and I think they did a phenomenal job considering the technical difficulties they had. Um, it was just a great broadcast, great race, and now Kendall Tucker. He uh, came up short again on the win, but he is uh, 35 points ahead in, in the championship. Okay, so that explains something. Because I watched the recap video, which was different, but uh, it was missing all the cautions. It, like, it, like there was a caution, but it didn't show who or why. And they just went right back to the action. And so, okay. And so they had, you know, several cautions, but you didn't know what happened. But the, the racing I saw was great between uh, Evan Say and... Uh, and uh, Alex Bergeron and Kendall Tucker, those three were just mixing it up. And, and as you said, Alex Bergeron kind of made a mistake and he just did a little bit of checkup. But that's it. I mean, if you just check up even a hair, you're, you're done. You, I mean, he fell back to like seventh or eighth or something because of that. Yeah, he was, he was running the high line the whole time, really the only one up there. And uh, the other two guys were working the bottom. And it looked like it was coming to him. And there's a, like, I think a rest, uh, caution late. That restart, I almost feel like Alex expected him to slide up the track, and as soon as he realized he wasn't, you could tell he got on the binders and barely tapped him. I mean, enough to upset the car a little bit, but it really hurt Bergeron more than anybody. And he, yeah, he went straight from, I think, running third, second in that area 
mid-pack. And, I mean, those guys there, it's a hornet's nest. It's a They put a great show on for the lead, and they usually show that. But if you ever watch, whenever they put the camera mid-pack, man, I don't know how those guys don't have a caution every lap. They're the best of the best for sure. Yeah. Yeah, good racing. I watched it up on my 4K television on the big screen last night, and I enjoy watching it. It's like watching uh, any other, like ESPN or, you know, NBCSN or whatever, watching, you know, some series, and it, it very it feels very real. I sent a picture to the guys in Facebook Messenger, Real quick, I race it. But all right, let's talk about Ignite Series Jesse. Yes, they are officially in playoff mode. Uh, last week was the last chance to get in New Smyrna, and now they are at Richmond with the modifieds for the first of four rounds. Uh, unfortunately, there's no uh, points update on the uh, article that they had up. There's not not a ton of uh, information, and about it looks like uh, roughly half participation from last year. Well, so that event starts 40 minutes from right now, so they're running here shortly. Right. It, uh, But as far as who's in points-wise is what I was referring to. Oh, yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's it'd be nice it'd be nice if these guys got a little bit uh, better participation. They might uh, need to do something different next year to stir it up a bit. But hopefully the playoffs kind of boost it with the cha- car change and, and some two-lane two racing, and hopefully all that will solve it all on its own. Yeah, this is a great opportunity for those kids, um, Mitchell. You know, I under you know I think you're what 21 years old, and you were doing i racing uh, when you were younger. I mean, what kind of opportunity is this for these kids that were between 13 and 16 to be in this NASCAR Ignite series? You know, running for 10k. Oh shoot, that's pretty huge. I mean, I was always just doing it for fun, um, and I like uh, competition. But you know, to have that opportunity to go for actual uh, pretty good money uh, is is also super cool. Um, and, you know, considering the age they're at to be running at at a, you know, a really competitive level too. Can you imagine when uh, they get even older, uh, how they're good they're going to be? So um, that's, a, that's a pretty cool deal, uh, no doubt. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I'll probably watch it after the fact, but uh, I'll definitely watch it. Uh, it looks like they're definitely going to be broadcasting uh, tonight, so... Uh, David, tell us about a special event, the Knoxville Nationals. Yeah, it is time for the Dirt Racing Special Event. We're having iRacing's version of the Knoxville Nationals. The real world races are also this weekend. Um, it's the 410 Sprints at Knoxville. They, the sim races will be running on Friday at 9, Saturday at 9, and Sunday at 10. Those are all Eastern times. Oh, also Saturday at 1. And iRacing Esports Networks will be broadcasting the top splits on Saturday at, at for the 1 p.m. race. The practice session, as you as you warm up, or basically a warm up session, is 10 minutes with qualifying attached, and then there's a it, the qualifying is solo three minutes for two laps. The heats are 10 cars per heat with three heats, 10 laps or 10 minutes. Uh, the top four go to the features. There are no cautions. Uh, for consolation rise, uh, races, there's nine cars per race with two races, 15 laps, and 15 minutes. Top four, they will go to the feature. Uh, each race, I guess, has a, also a warm-up for two minutes, and the feature is 20 cars for 30 laps at 30 minutes. There's a 16-incident limit with field size of 30, and the weather is, uh, and the weather and sky are both dynamic. So I wonder if the pros are all going to run this or what. I would assume I, so. 
And the only thing is they're doing the real thing uh, on the same weekend. Or if you meant the the the, the pros, as in the guys that run the sim racing pros. The iRacing pros, right. Yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't. Right. Yeah. Being a broadcast at race, I imagine a lot of the pros would do it. I think there's a little missed opportunity with this special event. Um, I thought it would be cool if they did like a uh, maybe a Thursday, Friday, two-day series. Um, just a bunch of races, everybody races. And then they say like maybe take the top 50 into like a special event on Saturday. Um, kind of like they did Super Sessions. And uh, Knoxville Nationals is also a 50-lap race. Um, they do have a break at 25 laps. I just think it'd be awesome just to have a 50-lap sprint car race in sim. But uh, I still think it's a cool event. Hopefully it does partially, uh, even half as good as some of these uh, endurance events. You've still yeah. been doing some dirt racing yourself, right, Will? I've been getting a little more practice and trying to build up some IR in the uh, limited late model. Um, I'd be mid-packing this at best if I was lucky. <laughs> I got to try the 410 winged sprint car at Eldora during the test drive session uh, when they were putting out the release. And I was having fun with that car, just holding it flat and just going around. Uh, it took me a little bit to get to the point where I could hold it out flat throttle, but eventually I did, and it was a blast. All right, Jesse, uh, top 10 video. Yeah, there's a nice uh, intro. I don't even, I don't think it's considered the 10th the one, but right off the get-go, a guy's running out of gas trying to get back to the line. And uh, he's shaking it, and the guy running him down for the uh, start-finish line, chasing him. It's a pretty pretty cool way they started it this time, a little bit different than normal. But the other thing I noticed is uh, instead of just – I mean, they got five wide finishes and, and, and all, uh, you know, the close calls. But the cool one I saw that I noticed took out of two or three of them was the off-track passes that guys were getting away with. I mean, obviously, you're going to get the Xs, but, I mean, they're, they're making, you know, grass passes, and they're three wide half car off off the lane and and making a pass and then diving across the track to make another pass all in the same straightaway just kind of pretty pretty cool it's uh, a little bit different than normal on that side of it but i uh, always enjoy these videos pretty good yeah they're always fun to watch uh quick update on last week we talked about evergreen speedway up in washington uh, had an iRacing event in conjunction with their real event and uh, Kyle Lahr came home with a victory from that. So congratulations, Kyle. Uh, Will, we got an update uh, this morning. Yeah, we got a patch this morning. Wasn't very big. It looks like they did some um, improvements to the beta interface and uh, the cushion on dirt. So uh, nothing major there. Um, Tyler Hudson put out a little video of him running what I'm assuming has got to be the new cushion. And uh, it looks really racy, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, what, always tweaking it. I was going to ask on that. What is what are the what are is the essential goal with that cushion? Are they trying to have more of a cushion or let like what's what are they playing with there? From from what I could tell, it looks like the way the dirt throws up to the cushion. So basically, there's tacky wet dirt on top that's being thrown around and it's thrown to the wall as the race goes on. It sounds like they're adjusting how much of that wet dirt is being thrown up top to like limit the amount of speed. So a, f a few builds ago when it was really top dominant, the top cushion was almost as tall as the wall and you could just lean on it and just hammer down. It was really grippy, really fast. It looks like they've adjusted the height of it over time. So you have less of a berm to kind of rest your right rear tire on. 
Um, and it also seems like they're taking a little bit of moisture away from it as well. Um, basically, it was to the point where you could just run up top, full throttle, and the bottom you would lose the grip, and typically you would have to work the throttle a lot more. But the top was just so powerful that the momentum was just too much. So that's kind of where they're at, balancing that difference between how much of a risk do you have to take to get to the top, and then once you're there, how fast is it, versus being able to modulate your throttle properly on the bottom of the track. All right. So get that update. Uh, Jesse, VRS Real Life. VRS Skippy Coach Johnny Gudini, Guindini takes uh, some laps in the FR16 at Madrid, uh, organized by his team at DriveX Esports. He did a really good uh, walkthrough from the time he even was basically introduced to the car all the way through, uh, you know, just getting up to speed, you know, warm-up lap and, and breaking down everything and, and complimenting iRacing for making the adjustment to, uh, you know, the real-life deal so much easier. He was, you know, laps ahead of a guy that had never, <coughs> excuse me, done anything on iRacing and uh he he breaks down corners in the sense of you know if if what it's going to do here and and he anticipates it because he's got so many laps doing it real life versus iRacing um it's it's pretty cool how he breaks down uh, all the steps throughout what a great opportunity to get to run that car on that track that that too i mean that it's uh it's an awesome experience all the way around i like how real life and and this i racing in every single discipline is is really coming together yep let's keep moving david max verstappen earned some time off yeah i took a look at this video um i'm not sure what led to it but uh he decided to basically almost cut the corner and just dive insanely and take out a leader going into turn six at Road America. And he even dove past another car in the process. I don't know if that was a lap car or if he was actually in P3. Um, so even if you're Max for Sappen or Scott Speed, they'll give you some time off if you're a bad boy. Wow, he's an F1 star and he even gets time off for wrecking intentionally. Yikes. Well, you know, we talked about it a lot when Scott Speed did it. Uh, this was on Reddit, so it is public. It's out there on the Internet. You know, we're not trying to call Max out or anything like that. Uh, we're just talking about what's out there. But, uh, boy, I mean, Mitchell, you're here, and you race real life, too. So you tell us what you think about Max get, uh, getting a week off or something. Yeah, I mean, the whole situation is pretty interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, from my point of view... How I've always looked at it, um, and you know that is sim racing. I've always had it at at equals um, with you know how serious I take it. Uh, so I I don't know if it's if it's uh, you know not taking it too serious and uh, just you know just something like that for fun or uh, just yeah. But I know for for. For me, um, if I was in the scenario of getting wrecked there, you know, it's that's a that's a serious deal for me too. So, um, it's a it's a weird situation. I, I mean, I'm I'm glad I racing is, uh, you know, being consistent with all of it. Um, I think that sets a pretty good precedent for for everything that you know. It's uh, no matter who you are, uh, you'll still get the time off. So, um, yeah, right. That's how it should be, right? Absolutely. He, did, he didn't really indicate uh, 
what might have led to it, but the, the victim had actually posted this and was actually kind of quite proud that he got taken out intentionally by Verstappen. <laughs> well, you know, we don't know what the contact is. We don't know if it's he did it for fun. Maybe he was joking around. Maybe it was retaliation for being wrecked earlier. I mean, nobody knows, but uh, the point is, yeah, he did probably get sit down by iRacing according to this Reddit article, but uh, it's interesting. Let's keep moving. Jesse, we heard about the latest number of iRacing members and average year of birth. Yeah, as of uh, a couple weeks ago, the 88,000 mark is where the members are sitting at now. And the, excuse me, the poll for your year of birth in, in iRacing, or excuse me, not in iRacing, in uh, age retrospect on iRacing is uh, pretty cool um, to look at the you know they're they're obviously they're as you get much older there's not as much participation but even you know 46 to 1946 to 1955 i mean you got 50 50 members voted on there um and the high mark being uh 86 to 95 at 293 um about a thousand total votes 1100 uh pretty cool uh not very many 2006 to 2015 ironically um but there's a smiley face on there because of the age rules um nobody's obviously wanting to admit to that right yeah it is uh, interesting that iRacing really does cover all ages um if you look at the scale this kind of proves it you know and and you're going to have old people and young people and of course uh, everyone in between so uh it was kind of neat to see where i land uh, i was born in 1971 and so uh, 18% of the iRacers are born in around that year. So uh, it's kind of neat to see where you stack up. If you put this to scale with 80,000 members and this poll only got 1,000 votes, you're still looking at almost 4,000 users in that 1946 to 1955 bracket. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It's a, I think as much as, you know, the younger guy likes to take it seriously, the older guy likes to take it casually, right? It's realistic, but at the same time, he can enjoy it. And, you know, it's it's pretty, it's just a compliment to what iRacing creates across the board. Okay. Next up, a scissor lift has been left behind at the Charlotte Oval. Liam Brotherton posted up in the forums a picture of it. I saw that and I said, okay, I'll go look. I jumped into Charlotte and the cup car and sure enough, right there at turn one of the Roval, uh, is a, uh, you know, it's just sitting there. The scissor lift, it's fully extended. There's top of it. Looks like it's, it was sitting, perhaps, uh, cameras, television cameras or something like that is what it was used for. And, uh, I guess that, you know, when they updated the track, maybe they just left, it was part, it was sitting there and it got scanned. So they didn't know any better and they just put it in there. But, uh, apparently, uh, somebody from iRacing, Greg West did post that, uh, they would take a look at that and get it removed. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about eye racing and heart rate. Yeah, I think we've talked about this in the past. Uh, there's a member asking about people who track their heart rate during races, and many of them were talking about they've seen improvements on their average heart rate over time. Um, we also got some posts here. I believe Michael Conti posted up his during the peak race, and he burnt, it looks like, a total of 759 calories uh, over a course of an hour and 40 minutes with an average heart rate of 122 beats per minute. Wow. 
Yeah, so we uh sim racers, I mean we they it's physical, man. It'll it'll wear you out. Um it even looked like uh Malik Ray, he uh asked if anybody had a solution to get his on stream just so we could watch it live. I don't know if he has any responses on that yet, but it's uh it sounds like it's coming. Yeah, I know I know I always have to turn my thermostat down a little bit more when I'm racing and uh it, it can be a workout when you get the uh, direct drive going, especially at a place like Sebring, which just knocks you all over the place. How about your uh, heart rate today, huh, Mike? Yeah, uh, I was last lap, about to win the race, and uh, I've, I wasn't breathing, I don't think, much. And I realized that after I took the checkered, I was gasping for air. Uh, you know, my heart rate was up. I was on that wheel trying to win that thing, but yeah, it happens. You know what's funny? I uh I have my heart rate on my stream during all the races too, and um, I can practice pretty much all day uh, on the sim. My heart rate's at like you know ninety to one ten, depending on the lap. Um, but actually in the race during qualifying, I'm at like one forty five, one fifty. You know, just just up there because uh, the adrenaline's going. Just uh, it's it's a funny thing what uh what the nerves do to you. Yeah, very interesting that you track that. All right, Jesse, talk about uh, Ty Majeski wins in the iRacing colors again. Yeah, he keeps getting it done in that late model. Uh, this time, two lap, two twin 35-lap features at Wisconsin International Raceway this past weekend. Of course, with iRacing on the hood, as uh, he likes to do. Um, it'd be nice to see these guys do something with him at the next level. I know it's a pretty well-sponsored car, but it would be just nice to see that get carried along. I mean, he's one of the... Uh, original uh real life racers that they got to uh sponsoring but yeah he uh he's dominating in real life and you know he's doing he's doing pretty good in that k series too so he's having a good good off eye racing season to say the least yeah all right david uh parker Kligerman on eye racing in the future we have a video yeah parker has started a new series with nbcsn uh on youtube uh and today he was discussing a few different things. I watched the video. It was pretty entertaining. One of the things he brought up is uh, Australian supercar driver Scott McLaughlin has a new rig that we've discussed. And Scott has stated that it's made, made him more consistent. Then also he had AJ join him on, on the broadcast, I suppose. I almost started to say podcast. He, AJ joined him. And AJ and Parker really like to give each other a hard time. Uh, every time we do the broadcast with them, they're trying to practical joke each other. And it's interesting, back when Parker, before he hit his, before his career, he um, was racing online back in the in our 2003 days and was racing with AJ and Junior and other, the likes of others. And at some point, AJ had actually told Parker, back when he had a squeaky uh, prepubescent voice, that he would never make it in racing and should probably consider another career. Ah, touche. It's funny because now they're both they're both broadcasting. They both had some good some good success, and uh, they're they're good broadcasters. I enjoy listening to both of them on NBC and uh, some of AJ's. Actually, AJ was, sounded really good on MRN a few weeks ago when he was on there. Okay, let's uh, keep moving. Uh, Road to Pro twenty twenty scheduling. Um, some discussions on the forum. Hey, you know, six months to do 13 races is a huge drag, uh, is what somebody said. Uh, another guy said, hey, you know, neat idea. 
let's take it back to the NIS series, the NASCAR iRacing series. Uh, back in the day, they they would run that, and it would take the top 20 or something. Uh, why not do that again? Uh, and then other people are talking about the snake splits again and all that nonsense. Uh, what do you guys think? I, I just think the road to pro is so invisible. We, I mean, because it's so spread out and that and correct you know very much uh there's not a lot of visibility to what's going on um i would say they should just remove c open as a series make c open a class instead of instead of a c class leave c fixed and make that a series and why not why do we have to take all of it from one series i would prefer them keep say 25 drivers in peak take 15 out take maybe five from the a open trucks five from say nis open and maybe two from the silver crown car two from the indy car i think there should be more series that like say the champion can get a spot in the pro series if they want it i just think it'd be cool to have drivers from different backgrounds be able to try to race their way in rather than just this one series just this one series just as a way to so say i want to race the silver crown car and only that and get better some of those guys that run in some of those odd cars are really 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 good drivers i mean time of jeski's i rating comes from super late models but it would be a big road for him to i'm probably he probably get good enough split but why can't he run the super late model series and use that as an entry to the pro series during the winter because you're still racing with 15 or 20 peak guys to get to peak. I just wish there was more avenues. And yeah. I'm fan, let's scrap Road to Pro, make the uh, open trucks A class instead of C class, and let's run every week and have some fun racing. Yeah, you're one of 100 people with a different opinion about it. That's what this thread's all about. But I like the NIS deal myself because that is our most popular oval series. And it runs 36 weeks, which is very unique. You know, there's no other series like that. And why wouldn't the top 20 of Split 1 be the appropriate uh, cars to move on to peak? Be, you know, that's a commitment to get to that point. you got to have good I rating. And if you ran 36 weeks and you're at the top of the points, you probably belong there. So I really think that's a great idea. So I'll just throw it out there. It's the only series that actually directly relates to Peak. I mean, the truck and the B car are not the A car, but Peak is. Or I'm right. on Peak, um, NIS is. So it makes sense to use that as a tool to get to Peak. Uh -huh. Yeah, what they're trying to do basically is have a truck uh, Xfinity, Xfinity yeah. cup car progression to mirror real life. But it doesn't work. It's not working. That's the whole thing. I mean, it, I, I'm sure it's working to get the right drivers, but I think this would be better. I think the biggest failure of it's hidden on here is they don't broadcast, they don't promote it, there's no fanfare. It's just in the background. So what's the point of having it go Trucks, Xfinity, Cup if nobody gets to watch Trucks or Xfinity? I mean, the Cup Series, you watch some of these drivers work their way up, and that's some of the the excitement about watching it is watching up-and-coming talent. But if it, like, why have it if it's not used to promote the main series? 
And, and the other thing about NIS being popular, wouldn't it be even more popular if you could say, okay, all you got to do is run 36 weeks. Well, you want to be a NASCAR driver? You can. Come race the NASCAR iRacing Series and make yourself the peak. All you have to do is get to the top 20. And I'm sure it would drive participation even more. Anyway, let's keep moving. Will, we get a quick update on the Australia fix as far as the uh, ping. Yeah, I won't spend too much time on this. I know we talked a lot on some other topics. But, yeah, no, um, it sounds like there has been improvements. Um, about, looks like, two or 27 a ping drop on average so it's all around a success it's still sounds like there's some higher pings out there but it is an improvement a lot of comments on the consistency being a lot better so it's a uh, great for those uh australian museum players all right jesse aj allmendinger fails at iRacing yeah he uh he wheel hopped the old cup car down into turn one at Watkins Glen when they uh were introducing it on the broad uh, not sorry not the broadcast but the uh, NASCAR America show um just uh having a little fun coming through the field and he uh got a little too excited I found it uh, a little funny because he was in a uh, b car fixed race that I was running the other night and watching or ghosting maybe and uh i got into a guy and was apologizing at the end and he called me out for it so he left before i could give him a clap back but it uh it was it was cool to see that he's even in there ghosting and watching in general you know yeah he started yelling at the camera cut 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 you know like he wanted to start over and i think Super he forgot yeah he's turned around backwards and everybody's coming at him you know out of turn one it's almost, uh, I would say it's good for iRacing to have that because this is a professional driver's one in kart, one in NASCAR, and even he messes up because, I mean, it's that difficult, and you see that kind of mistake made in real life. Um, the wreck looked a little cartoony like the iRacing physics are. Um, you have that happen in hopefully a year from now with some better damage model, and that's a, that's a good piece to have just to show the difficulty of iRacing. All right. Talking about age next, uh, LG Whaley had his birthday bash race at Talladega. Why? Because he's 82 years old. I've actually raced with this guy. He is a tally whacker, as I call it, a uh, uh, group of guys that only run hosted Talladega Cup races. And uh, he's one of the guys to beat, guys. Uh, he's, if he runs for the pole, he usually gets it. Uh, and he is 82 years old. And so... If I can still iRace as fast as him when I'm 82, that will be a blessing. So uh, congratulations, LG, on the birthday. Uh, let's jump ahead in the interest of time to Will uh, cover this Circuit de Cataluna uh, being presented in real and virtual. Yeah, so uh, the new circuit we have coming in Barcelona, the Formula One circuit, is actually going to host a virtual 24-hour race in conjunction with their real race in late August. Um, I don't know how this lines up. I should have read a little more in depth with the release of the track. I don't know if this is going to be a special build they're using. Well, they're going to let them use the track. It's going to be the first time the track has been used publicly, but it's not going to be for public release. We'll still have to wait for you know the build. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, no, I think it's a, it's really cool to see the circuit actually hop on board. Usually it's uh, teams and manufacturers that are uh, pairing and working with iRacing, but seeing a, uh, an actual track do it, I think, is really cool. And if it's successful, we can uh, hopefully um, 
see more of tracks working with iRacing in the future. Yeah, and if you click the Twitter uh, links uh, and scroll down a bit, you'll see some pictures of the setup. They literally have like 30 or so sim rigs set up with steering wheels and chairs and a, a monitor and whatnot. So these guys are going to compete at the track, and uh, they're going to start the race when the real race starts, and they're going to run, you know, the entire time. And so it's going to be really interesting. It's quite a setup they got. And so, uh, yeah, that's going to be neat to have that track on iRacing, and we'll get a, a sneak peek at it, hopefully, by watching that race. All right, uh, next we're going to jump to hardware software. David, uh, we have a new Track Racers TR160. Yeah, an iRacing member, Sean Kirk, announced that he's ordered one. It said it's similar to the P1X, and he got it for a comparable price. Uh, you can get a seat for a, only a couple hundred more. He didn't get the monitor stands because they weren't available yet. Uh, and he did say he was kind of waiting, trying to wait on the P1X, and it looks like a couple of other people uh, we're also interested in that. Um, that was probably the frustrating part for me was how long I ended up waiting on the P1X, but now that I've got it, it's a great, very, very sturdy product. Um, other than that, I can't say much about the TR160, but I'm sure we'll monitor this guy's progress as he gets it in, and he'll talk about its reliability as well. Yeah. They're on pre-order. They're selling out of the United States at $800. Not a bad looking rig. I mean, it's all black too, and it's eighty twenty, and uh, it definitely looks like uh, those other ones. And so, this is neat to have options. But uh, yeah, they are on pre order now. The word pre order just every time I've done pre order makes me nervous nowadays. <laughs> all right, and got the next one: Sim Lab mods. So, anyone who owns Sim Labs chassis should look at the mods in this thread. The guy put his sim labs on D-Box Motion and had to modify. He got the seat really low. Um, so it's a very interesting uh, modification to the chassis. And when you look at the pictures, um, he really put the, the center of balance, I guess, really low. The seat isn't sitting up on top of the chassis. It's like kind of embedded down in. Really neat idea. I just thought I would uh, throw that out there. Uh, not sure. What, I guess he had to do that to get it more stable, get it, get a little bit lower center of gravity. Right. He was saying that the closer you are to the D-box things that are actually moving it, the better it is. If you're up above it, it can give you a, a disorienting feeling like you've been on a roller coaster kind of thing. And so it, it helps by getting the seat down closer to that um, and you have a lower center of gravity. That's what I'm trying to say. All right, Will, iRacing VR optimization guide. Yeah, we got a phenomenal text post in the forums along with a video. Um, looks like from Robert Hurling. I, sorry, pronounce your name wrong, man. But this is a really, really good guide. I'm reading through a lot of it now about getting the most out of VR in iRacing. I know it's uh, when I ran VR, it was very... Um, nerve-wracking because i was new to pc gaming and messing with stuff but this is a, a really good guide really long read but it really goes over everything you need to know to really get the best out of your headset and i recommend anybody check it out we do have a link in our show notes you're um, not kidding yeah. you're not kidding when you say it's long 
yeah, and he goes into a lot of stuff here that like I remember looking through a lot of these options like load percent and what that did and I mean it's it goes over every detail you would really need and his recommendations and he goes over his PC and what he has and what's good for some and what's not good for others. I mean it's gosh, it's it's almost a small book. <laughs> it's like an encyclopedia, uh, uh, you know, kind of thing, because it's got every single setting there is, and he's got a description, and then how does it affect VR? Yeah, being the VR guy, I went, I went through this and implemented most of them, though a lot of it was already implemented. Uh, but he does one of the really nice features of this. He he explains what every button on that options graphics options screen does. And also a few things that you can change in the INI. Uh, I have some other optimizations that I had found in previous threads. But what's really nice is in, in all those explanations, he'll basically tell you this one impacts uh, VR a lot. This one doesn't. Or this one doesn't, or doesn't even at all. Um, and that's really handy because even if you don't necessarily go with the exact settings, maybe you do want a little bit more quality here, you know which ones you can turn down and which ones you can't. Because it's kind of more of like a, here's a kind of a recommended baseline instead of just do it like this or else. Yeah, it also has uh, options about um, changing the GeForce uh, NVIDIA control panel and stuff in there as well. Yeah, and I went ahead and removed GeForce experience and also got that uh, uh, prefetch program and disabled it. And that, that seems to improve some of the performance as well. I mean, this thing's so well written and so detailed iRacing just needs to give this guy a free membership for life for the service he provided to its members. It's, I mean, phenomenal the effort and time he must have put into this. It's uh, really, really, really good to have members like this in the community. Let's pin, let's definitely pin this one to the top, right? 100%. All right, Jesse, Hyper Stimulator Pedals and Shifter. Yeah, there's an update. These guys now have pedals and shifters with a USB standalone support USB 3.0. So you can just have the pedals and shifter sold separate from their cockpits. Uh, cockpits we talked about previously, beautiful cockpit options uh, from a kit to just full-blown, ready to race, and everything in between. These are different looking pedals. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. They lean forward a little funny, like the angle of them. I, I wouldn't, shouldn't say funny, but different than normal. Normally they lean away from you a little bit. These are leaned up a little bit tall. Yeah. I love hyperstimulator.com as far as their cockpits because they look like, a, I don't know, some kind of 2050 bobsled or something. Some kind of futuristic bobsled is kind of what it looks like. But uh, they have a very unique look uh, to their cockpits. But their brakes that are all hidden inside of a metal box are kind of interesting. I think the best thing about sim racing being as popular as it is now and growing is all these new companies and company names, man. They, I think they nailed it, man. I thought when I first read it, I thought there was a typo in the name, man. This thing sounds like it should be sold on Adam and Eve. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, they have a Facebook page, uh, and they have some great pictures there of some of their stuff. So check them out on Facebook, Hyper Stimulator. All right, David, we got iFlag Glasses Spacers. Yeah, we have a, basically an ex, a, a spacer that you can put in your Oculus Rift that will keep the uh, primary lens from being too close that you can't fit your glasses on. Um, I'm looking on the website, and I can't tell if this is just for the original Rift model or if it'll work on the Rift S. 
but it may be handy for some of our uh, glasses wearing fellows. We've looked at other options for the workarounds this, for this as well, uh, but you might check this out. It's not terribly expensive either. It's uh, it's 16 bucks. Okay, pretty cool. Next up is uh, Sim Racing Experience with an X dashes. Uh, they have a website, simracingexperience.com. There's no E on the word experience. Uh, man, they have gorgeous dashes of all types, some with screen, screens and some without, some that fit over the wheelbase and some to attach like beside of it. Uh, man, uh, pretty cool looking. What do you guys think of these? I was kind of blown away by the, the wraparound look, you know, um, yeah, I've seen these. I, I've taken a look at these the other day. I just had not remembered. Um, they're really neat for a VR guy. I don't think I would really need them, but uh, you, you want some. It's pretty epic. It's all the eye stuff candy. That you could throw on there. Yeah, big time eye candy. When I, I think the first time I saw one of these, I was looking for AccuForces on uh, eBay, and the uh, they only had one option, but I love the new GT Dash with the uh, the way the tachometer and everything is I, it's this is like i would say on my want list for my rig but it's uh not a necessity but man that thing would look amazing so david you have a something similar i mean you got the the button boxes that are they're not wrap around but they're on each side so it kind of looks wrap around i mean what why why go with that over something like this um i got the dsd panels because it was just easy to mount them directly onto my direct drive wheel my my Fanatec direct drive wheel uh and so that, that's the main reason i went for them i didn't go for for realism or anything because i i just reach for them by feel and i i actually i liked the arrangement and the simplicity of the way, the way they were set up uh so that was kind of what my decision was i didn't really care about how much they looked it's about how, where they were positioned right it's not about eye candy right because you can't see it. <laughs> but they, they do look good when they're on there. And they're, they're positioned just perfectly. And they're, they're attached right to the the uh, direct drive wheel. I mean, I, I, I kind of like the GT1 you mentioned. I like it, man. I would put that around my wheel. Uh, it's pretty expensive, though. So They also do custom dashes. And there's one in there that's probably... Wow, that thing's probably four feet wide. But it even has like a actual stock car style tachometer on there so even, even if you don't like the digital dashes you probably get something really cool for just stock car racing get that look and feel yeah they have all kinds of other button boxes as well but uh yeah pretty neat if you're in the market check the check those out all right let's keep moving um uh i have to scroll okay will the heiskenveld simrig gt fanatec dd bracket giveaway yeah, Niels uh, Heisenfeld, um he uh, posted up in the iRacing forums that they uh, had some uh, brackets made for the Fanatec DD, and uh, um, they were powder-coated the wrong color. So they were the wrong color gray, doesn't match anything on the rig. So he was um, giving some out, uh, he's basically calling it a bracket beta test. Uh, I think it's really cool for him to reach out to the iRacing community and do that. It's probably a... It sucks for his business, but he gets some testing out of it, builds good relations with the community, and if you have a direct drive wheel and a Heusenvelt rig, reach out to him. Yeah. I'd say it's definitely a better better way to handle that than just throwing the throwing them away. 
Yeah, make a customer for life by giving him a free product. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, keep moving. Jesse, formula steering base wheel. Yeah, for, this is going to go for the uh, Thrustmaster and Fanatic products, uh, Wi-Fi connection for telemetry, Vettel and Hamilton dashboard replicas included, web tool to create custom dashes, uh, works with AccuForce and OSW. The website's going to be formulasteeringwheel.com as well. Uh, the Some of the main hardware features are 10 front buttons, two rear buttons, DRS and custom functions, four industrial absolute rotary switches to set brake by brake balance differential dmf up and down dmf left and right four industrial high torque rotary switches for a great feeling to manage fuel mix ers mapping power unit modes push and slow display info etc five inch display has a high quality or made with high quality materials such as front uh carbon fiber on the front end of it uh 15 RPM LEDs, six FIA flag LEDs, marshalling lights. The brightness of all the LEDs is adjustable with colors, with parameters. Uh, but unfortunately, there is no price. And no pictures. Their website doesn't have any pictures. So something's up with it. Coming For me, soon? anyway. I guess so. Yeah. Um, some kind of new product. So check that out. Uh, we'll have to look at that next week and see if it loads. I can't even get a picture up. All right. So bad news on this one. Sam Maxwell is closing his uh, sim business. Uh, he uh, does Sam Maxwell Customs. He is going to shut the doors at the end of August. And uh, everything that he has in his online store is actually on sale uh, as a going out of business sale. Uh, he basically said his hands are not cooperating anymore with doing the work as far as building the wheels. And he builds these custom formula wheels. They're some of the best in sim racing. They always have been. And it's a shame that we're going to lose his uh, skills in the sim racing community. And uh, the thread where he announced it, you know, turned into uh, a monument to everything that he's done for the, the community. And he really has been around... Uh, the the hardware side of the community for quite some time building wheels uh, back in the day I mean he was the guy to get it from but anyway his website is sammaxwellcustoms.com uh, and uh, go there and see what he's got and he does have some interesting products still available there if uh, you want to get one of the last uh, Sam Maxwell wheels uh, well now is the time so all right, David, uh, the Heiskenveld sequential shifter. Yeah, it's a sequential shifter with a metal sequential shifter that uses a ball spring resistance system. Um, it has early peak voice and then the res or peak force and then the resistance drops just like in the real car. It comes with various handles and knobs. And um, yeah, you can check the link out and look at the picture. It looks like a knob that you can push forward and backwards. I haven't gotten to test what it feels like, but uh, it looks pretty interesting and we know Husky Bell puts out quality product. Oh, yeah, they certainly do. So that is uh, interesting, $190. That's not like uh, over the top. So, All right, let's uh, keep moving. We're going to go to results. NASCAR iRacing Series, Watkins Glen, Thursday fix. I get ran. I got a P20. Not a bad race. Uh, I basically got what I deserved. Uh, that's about how I run in, in, in road courses. Uh, Friday open. Uh, Mason lost his connection after running P2. 
Um, he did switch from the IPv6 to the IPv4 and no issues since. So remember we talked about IPv6 and of course Mason jumped out there and tried it because it was available from his ISP and he ended up having a lost connection so he uh, bailed on it. Uh, Jesse, you got P7. Yeah, it would have been eighth without his uh, mishap. So I gotta, you know, appreciate the teammate for getting me a spot there. Um, but yeah, it was uneventful. I uh, my goal is always just to keep it on the track on a road course and keep uh, keep in in a position to hopefully not uh, be in the way and and at the same time not getting any chaos in front of me. So luckily, I was able to get uh, in a spot where I had no cars around me there basically the entire race once we got stretched out so that was a nice thing to get as good as a win as i'm going to get in the road yeah i mean it was a good week for me to have a test with my new wheel uh as far as the road goes and to kind of break it in with the, a road course so to speak so um, i was happy with that but anyway let's keep moving uh sunday open tony rochette got p30 he had issues at the start of the race he missed the first 13 laps but still ran good uh, David, uh, you were top split P14. Yeah, it was the only chance I had to run this week because I was out of town on a, a band director's convention. And yeah, P14, not bad for top split. Had a lot of tough competition. Didn't make any mistakes, but that was as fast as I was. All right, and then Mason got P8. He was also top split. Uh, long run speed was just missing, he said. Yeah, the tires were, we were running the same set, and the tires would fade on us a little bit harder than they did on other people. All right. Let's switch to Michigan. Wednesday fix, Tony ran and got P11. His first uh, full NIS race with the Oculus since he got it. He said he uh, played it safe, but turn three and four was a bit loose. Uh, Wednesday open, David, you got P4. And uh, you, were, you were not happy with that last night. I'm like, man, you're in position to win, right? Yeah, uh, I had a shot and was and was even in the front, but I uh, was on the outside and didn't get the, uh, just couldn't pull it on, on the guy that ended up winning. Uh, it was a little, uh, yeah, I was I was disappointed. You know, that's one of those when you, I'm getting close and I'm getting close and it's still not happening. I did have front end damage. We had it turned into a caution fest at the end, and I don't know if that affected me or if it was just um, that I was, you know, you go back and you replay things. And I was thinking there was a, a point in one of the green white checkers where I tried not to wreck a guy after he just about cut me off and I could have just stuck in it and and, and turned him around but I, I maybe it was too nice I don't know yeah you're knocking on the door man hang in there we need to get you that little bit more track position uh Jesse you had a tough race yeah I uh I was just riding in the top five uh just playing playing it safe and then uh, got got hooked pretty uh pretty blatantly uh no comment no explanation or anything gathered it up got about a minute and a half of damage fix sitting in the back and uh somehow the same car finds me and right rear hooks me down the back stretch in the wall so uh, i guess either he didn't want me to finish or i wasn't meant to finish but yeah got got uh pretty much as as much contact as i could it was like a 10 lap stint between the two that was the worst part we went like 27 laps green and get a caution and then it stacks up and I get spun right off the green, literally like turn one right off the get go. And then same thing in the very, like within 10 laps, the very next green stint just wasn't my luck, I guess. All right. Now Thursday open, I ran, I got a P eight. 
um, I was actually in position to win this race. Um, I was running, got caught up with a guy hitting the wall. I was in fourth when that happened. Uh, I had to, it knocked me into pit road. It was like right off a of four and it shot me down and it shot me right into pit road. I couldn't miss it. So I got a big penalty. I had to pit under green 15 seconds, uh, lost a lap and then couldn't get a caution, even though we had a bunch of cautions before that. And we had a green flag run. And uh, so I was a lap down after the green flag run, and then the caution came out. So I stayed out, got the wave around, back on the lead lap. And then uh, a late caution came out for the first green-white checker. I had 22 laps on my tires. I decided to stay out. Now, the last couple weeks, as you remember, I pitted for tires late on a green-white checker. In this situation, I decided to do the opposite. I restarted third. Uh, the green-white checker, uh, we got to the white, we were running for the caution, I was in the middle leading, coming to the caution out of four, and the guy below me hit the grass and came up and took us out, and I ended up eventually eighth after uh, being wrecked, coming to the checker. But man, I was in position to win that baby, I could see the guy with the checkered flag in his hand, so to speak, and I got dumped. But it was fun, fun. It's fun because... I was in position to win. I was going to win the race, and dang it, it, sometimes it doesn't always work out, but I'm glad that I was uh, good enough to be up there. And it was a, a, a strategy call to get me there, but I'm glad it worked out. All right, and then Mason, he got a P20. Uh, typical I ain't lifting causes several wrecks, he said. Um, but he was running pretty good. He was up in the top uh, run, leading, too, I think. And then Jesse, you were in there with him. How was your run? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was a few paces behind him, but he was. Uh, he was. He was swatting flies, to say the least. Uh, there was. There was multiple hairy moments and and scream outs over team speak between the two of us. Uh, it. It. I got caught up in some of those uh, not lifting scenarios, to say the least. Um, but just no luck. But other than that, the car was good. It was really, really good. We. Uh, we were both in the top ten. He was in the top five pretty steady. I was I was flirting that area. Um I just I gotta I gotta do something a little different as a driver, I guess, and, and get back in a better racecraft position. Yeah, the set was great and I'm really looking forward to uh, Michigan uh the rest of this week and try to get me a win. We've definitely been finding some things out about the set. And uh, so, you know, every week we talk about our intramural standings where we're keeping track of how we're doing with each other. Just a reminder, the way we do that is irre irrelevant of whatever split we end up in, strength of field and all that. Each driver gets points based on their best finish for that week. Um, and there's a nice little utility that we that we use who also happens to sponsor us. And that's kind of how we, we discovered them just by using them and then and then they, we came up with a deal for them to sponsor us. So our team standings, they're powered by iPitting. iPitting makes it easy for you to keep track of your iRacing team's progress throughout the season with up to the minute of the race results, point standings, and driver rankings for everyone on your team. So check it out at iPitting.com. And here's where we stand in the open standings. Tony is, uh, actually, no, Mason Stiver is leading again with 608 points. And Tony is hanging out right behind him with uh, just eight points behind. Stiver just basically dominated at Watkins Glen, and it was a farming farming time for him. He, I think he gained like 600 I rating. Uh, I'm 20 points behind. I only got to run that, run that one race. 
And we got uh, Jesse Gray is 56 and Bill Hall is 61 points behind. That's an entire race. We've got about, uh, we got a little bit more than, what, 12 or 13 weeks left, I think. And so they might still be in striking distance. It'll be interesting to see if our drop weeks kick in and change that. Then in the NIS, uh, it continues to be the McCoy Show. He's leading with a 530 points. Bill is still within striking distance, and so is Mike. They're 24 and 25 points behind, respectively, and everybody else is pretty well out of the running. All right, let's go get it. I'm going for a win tonight, I hope, and fixed. All right, let's talk other stuff. Uh, official, uh, David, you got two wins at Sebring uh, here. Yeah, I really only get to count one of them. I sort of a, a win's a win. Uh, I signed up for one early morning, and uh, I was the only LMP, so I ran for about half a half a race and then just got bored and parked it but it counts as a win because i was the only one to sign up and then the other one i actually had competition and and managed to outrun them all all right congratulations mason got a p4 at the osra at indy it was pack racing for a lap but the low line is still dominant big runs on the straightaways led to cautions when we had to turn i think i passed the most cars in that race for a p4 all right final thoughts david hall Okay, a couple of things. Uh, vacation's over. If you are, if you do watch my stream, you probably notice the frequency uh, frequency of the streams has gone way down. Um, it'll be more like one or two races a night, and missing a lot of Thursday and Friday nights because I'll be at ball games. Um, but you know, I enjoy my work too. Just less. I don't get to race as much as I do during the summer. But I do have my rig basically completely put together now. I've got the Sim One rig. I've got a Fanatec shifter on there with the with the direct drive wheel and the DSD buttons and got, got most of it customized. Uh, I have Jesse's custom emergency stop button, which is really handy because now I don't have to reach around to the back of the wheel to turn it on and off. And all it's left to do is kind of get the wire management situation sorted on it. And I enjoy it. And I've said several times having that in all the different cars, I've not only been more comfortable, but I can brake with a lot more confidence. I could tell the difference at Watkins Glen compared to Sonoma that I could consistently control my braking with because I'm not worried about sliding around or, or the pedals staying where they need to be. All right. Very good. Jesse Gray, final thoughts. Yeah, Mason uh, did what he does best and peer pressured me into a 2070 Super. So I'm looking what? forward to getting that in, in my hands. Yeah, the 580 is uh, calling it. Calling it quits, it's it's giving me hints that it's on the way out the door. So I woke up to a link from Mason this morning on a brand new inbox and uh, came up with a good good price with the guy. And so, yeah, it should be here Monday. So hopefully I'll have updates next week. Got enough power supply for that, baby? Yes, sir. All right. The 2070 Super, if I recall, is like having a 2080 Ti but with ray tracing. Does that sound right? That's the way I understand it, too. Yep. That's the kind of performance you'll have. So, uh, very well. That's going to be awesome. Uh, all right, Will Gibson, final thought. I just want to apologize for my inappropriate joke earlier in the show. None of you guys laughed at. But, uh, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, I wish you guys the best of luck at Michigan. I know I had a rough race there uh, last time we were here. But I think uh, you guys are killed it at William, uh, Watkins Glen and... I think we should have some good results this week in Michigan. I'm excited to hear about them. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a win between Brent and Mason and I and Jesse and David, the way you're running. Uh, yeah, somebody's going to win. I mean, even I was up there 
So I think uh, we're going to have a good week for Michigan. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, thanks to Mitchell DeJong for uh, coming on the show. Uh, he had to bail, uh, but it was great to have him on and learn about him. We've been talking about his racing for a long time. He's a young guy, man, and he's getting it done. Wait till you see him in uh, Rallycross coming up in October. I think he's going to be the guy to beat for sure. Uh, as far as my wheel goes, um, just fine-tuning the glove situation. So I got this Alcantara wheel, and uh, I got some garden gloves, but they're I think they're a little harsh on it, and it was kind of flaking off a little bit. So I went today, and I got some training gloves with the fingers cut off for like weightlifting and i'm going to try those and so um just trying to fine tune that but i'd love the new wheel i mean i feel like when i'm in michigan and i'm going through the corner i can feel how much i'm scrubbing the tire off by how much force i'm having to turn the wheel and it's a it's very much fine-tuned from what it used to be with the logitech i think with the logitech that was almost non-existent but, and so it's, it, it is a huge difference, and I'm um, really liking it and uh, enjoying the wheel. So, so far, so good. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.